Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And I am drinking a pistachio latte from Starbucks, which you should all do immediately. It was delicious. It was very good. I love pistachio things, though. But I introduced Austin to London Fog slash Earl Grey tea lattes for the first time I yesterday. didn't know there was such a thing in my world is better having known this. Yeah, he immediately, I, I described it to him and he immediately got up and like heated up some milk and made some Earl Grey tea and yeah. his life is better. And then I got him an official one from Starbucks. Um, oh, so what we're here to do is talk to you about some things you should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly, except this week's a little different. Yeah, this week, it's just me. It's an oops, all Austin special. Yes, because Austin came to me and said, my part is 10 pages long. Now, you guys all know that I'm the long one. Most of the time. I'd say 99% of the time, I'm the one who talks longer. I average seven pages for the long, longer pieces, and his is 10. And I was having some block this week anyway, so Austin gets to be the focus this week. And it's, oh man, I, this is a topic I am very passionate about. It is something I have loved for years that actually Maddie introduced me to, and I am just excited to talk about it because I am going to do a line-by-line -line analysis <laughs> of Taylor Swift's Last Great American Dynasty from her Folklore album. Uh, do we have any updates before we get into this? I think everybody knows how this week has gone. We had a bunch of people quit the president's cabinet within the last week and a half, including Betsy DeVos. And to that, I say, bye, bitch. God, she is the... She's not the worst part of this presidency, but she is in the top five. Yes. And I remember I was still a teacher back when this was going on, when she had her hearings. Actually, a memory popped up for me today. I drank, I think, two bottles of wine while she was doing her hearing because it was painful to hear how, what she thinks about children and especially about teachers, because at least she pretended to care about children. So she's gone. And they're, you know, all the Airbnbs in D.C. got canceled for the inauguration. They're blockading off the entire city. Now, I, I used to live right outside D.C. and there was limited security any day. And now this is this is a lot. So I'm very nervous. I think some stuff's stuff's going to go down whether or not we hear about it. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be rough. And So that's part of why, like... This week I had such a block because I was like, okay, this comes out two day, days before the inauguration, the day before, something day before. like that. Yeah, it's. And I was like, okay, I would normally do something pertinent, but I want to do something that will make you feel better too because it's so stressful. And turns out the best thing you can do is let Austin talk. Yeah. So when we Austin and I first started dating, I was telling him like how much I loved Taylor Swift. And he was like, I don't like Taylor Swift. Well, Taylor Swift is lame. Okay, I only know her, uh, knew of her from her country songs. And this, like, I have a problem with her, like, that I Know You Were Trouble When You Walked In song. I love that song. Just because it's so disjointed. It, like, goes from, like, three different styles. It's like, it seems like three kind of half-finished ideas that she just clumped together. Not a Still not a fan of that song, but I'm a bigger fan of Taylor Swift now because of Maddie introducing me to her. I played Shake It Off for him, which is what did it. Hey, she never misses a beat. And then we had his birthday party, which was Taylor Swift slash Sweden themed. Yes. Um, so like everything in our house, I had like put little pictures of Taylor Swift in them. And I got him a one of a kind, it turned out, portrait of Taylor Swift a made. Commissioned portrait. I commissioned of Taylor it. Swift. Um her name on all the social medias is Faye Stardust. It's Faye with an E, F-A-Y-E Stardust. Uh, she's a brilliant artist. 
And I don't think it was going to be one of a kind, but Taylor Swift's people were like, no, you can't do that. Yes. <laughs> um, sorry about that. Yeah. Oopsies. But then I we got tickets to the Taylor Swift concert a couple of years ago, and we had nosebleeds. Like, we were just excited yes. to go. We are so, we are, especially were then, so poor. And then we got to our seats, and they had stage lights in them. So we were like, um, um, so we found an usher, and they're like, oh, okay, where, what, what are your tickets? We showed them. They go, okay, here you go. Handed us these tickets. They were floor seats, not not floor seats, across from one of the side stages. And we were, what, four or eight, four rows in. Four rows in. At exactly eye level as Taylor when she came down to our side. Yeah. And tell them what happened. Uh, so she was... Uh, singing one of her slow romantic songs and she made eye contact with me. She did. And I have photos of the moment when it happened. Yep. I will. Should I put those on our social media? Go ahead and put that on our social media because it is some great photos. Uh, Taylor Swift is gorgeous. I look like a stunned walrus. He looks like a lot. Like if you watch videos from like 90s boy band concerts, he (laughs) looks like one of the middle school girls. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've got some. I'll put those on our social medias. And I got, I think, the best Taylor Swift concert photo in history. Oh yeah, it was a really good Taylor Swift concert photo. And I was trying really hard to not take too many photos. So I didn't want to be like, I didn't have my camera on my face the whole time. But the ones I got were real good. No, I was living in the moment. It's all up here. The memories <laughs> last forever. Meanwhile, we had kids throwing tantrums in front of us who clearly didn't want to be there to begin with. Yeah. Oh, it was delicious. Like, yes, spend all of this money so and just so your children can suffer. Yeah, these were several hundred dollar seats, like several hundred dollars. And I think our seats were a hundred bucks each. Yeah, we maybe. had. Maybe. Oh, and we and, got we got upgraded. Oh, and there was like and we were sitting next to all of the other people who are also in these nosebleed seats that got unexpectedly upgraded. And I, I would say they were equally excited. Yeah, I've never seen people look so grateful for something in their lives. Oh. And so it was the best thing I think think it's ever happened to Austin and it's definitely in the top for me as well. I don't know if it's the best thing, but it's def- it's up there. It is way up there. So Austin has been he he keeps saying to me like I want to tell you stuff and I can't. So I'm saving it for the podcast. Also, if my phone buzzes during this, it's because we have a grocery order coming in about oh, an yeah. hour and they freak out about things. So, yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about Taylor Swift's uh, song. I told you uh, Last Great American Dynasty from Folklore, uh, written by Taylor Swift and co-written with Aaron Desner, who also produced it, the song. So I was watching um, the dic- the documentary on Disney Plus about Taylor Swift and the Long they Pond say Sessions. They the F word on Disney Plus yeah. in her documentary. Taylor Swift's... They took out the good F words from Hamilton. But they let Taylor Swift do what Taylor Swift Taylor wants. Taylor Swift gets to do whatever the hell she wants. She's a treasure. So I was watching this and she started talking about Rebecca Harkness and this house that she bought. And he's like, I realized, well, this song is about a real person. I thought this was just like a country song and she's just making shit up. No, she was writing. Okay, it's a country song? Kind of. And um, which song from the album did you say was your favorite? Last Great American Dynasty. And why didn't you like Taylor Swift? Because she did country. Shut up. <laughs> I have a contradiction upon myself. So, talking about it, and it's like, this is a real person? 
So I wanted to look into it, and because this was a real person she was talking about, I wanted to make sure what I knew about her was more than just what was on the song, because, you know, not to disparage Taylor Swift. Never. Never. But when you're writing music about someone, you can't be 100% factual. You can't tell the entire story in a song, and it's got to be snappy, and it's got to have a good, like, you know, all of this stuff. We talked about this when we did our episodes over Hercules Mulligan and, gosh, um, P.T. Barnum. We've talked about this a lot, where if you're doing a fictionalized version of it, it's unfair for people to assume you're going to be 100% accurate. And then people get really pissy. I'm like, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity. That's what Austin took, was the opportunity to learn more. So, but trying to find out more about Rebecca Harkness, who this song was about, was arduous. Uh, Her Wikipedia page is like two paragraphs. And I found that there was one book written about her. It was called Blue Bloods by Craig Unger. And this book is almost impossible to find. Uh, At the time I started researching it, there was one on Amazon for $195. But... This is why we need to start a Patreon, because I just had to buy a book for a piece I've got coming up. But um, I am goddamn good at my job about finding books from libraries to like send to here. And I found it for me to use. And I checked it out. And I read it. And I found out all about Rebecca Harkness. And... He was yelling stuff while he was reading it. It was holy shit. Like Taylor Swift left a lot out in her song as she would have to, but would it have oh made man. a good concept album though? An enti- this would have been a great musical. Well, I- like Hamilton was originally just like a concept album. It was not going to be a musical and Yeah. This like this could have been like one of those like TV shows like just like, you know, it's like the drama period piece things just about this woman cuz it is nuts. And so I'm going to start in what is quite possibly the longest in-depth analysis of a Taylor Swift song I have ever done. Probably that most people have ever done. I don't know. I mean, I did. we did a very in-depth analysis of uh, Blank Space, but we never wrote any of it down. Okay, so I got you into Taylor Swift with Shake It Off, but then it was the, uh, not Blank Space, it was, what video was it that really kicked you off with her? Bad Blood. Yes. And we had to do it because it's like, wait, wait, who's that? Who's that? It's like, oh, it was so full of like celebrities and models. And I knew all of them because yep. that is. And you had to explain all of it to me. But she had the ones that her cats were named after. It yeah. Is. All right. So let's get this started. My line by line analysis of a Taylor Swift song. <sighs> okay. We'll start with uh, Rebecca rode up on the afternoon train. It was sunny. Her salt boss. Her salt box house on the coast took her mind off St. Louis. I'm trying to read these very flatly because I don't want to get copyright infringement thing for singing. It's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Yes. So, well, actually, it's kind of an interesting thing with copyright, and I'm not risking it. But when you are doing things like analyses and parodies, you are typically allowed to use the actual work. But we don't have a lawyer because we don't have a Patreon because we don't have high enough listenership to do to do either of these things. Oh, no. So I will um, we'll include some links to the actual song, though. Yes. So um, first of all, to start off, we don't know if it was sunny when she arrived <coughs> to uh, this Rhode Island resort town. Oh, so we're her... already making things up. We don't know if it was sunny. She arrived at this uh, Rhode Island resort town where her family had purchased a summer house. Basically, they would go. From St. Louis, where she was from, and she was from a, like, wealthy, like, established St. Louis rich family, and they would go to Rhode Island for the summer in uh, what was considered the poor man's, uh, oh god. Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. So it was just whatever. <laughs> uh, her uh, her parents, yeah, the Wests, because her, 
Her name was Rebecca West before she got married. Uh, and she was not a fan of St. Louis. Um, she thought it was just stodgy and old. And it was just like two like people stuck on tradition. And well, this is the way we do things. Mm-hmm. So she, she didn't like it. And she was also desperate to be a part of the East Coast High Society. I relate to this because I'm actually originally from St. Louis and all I want is to be a part of the East Coast High Society, but they also need to be like the introvert society where they don't actually talk to each other and just like send restaurant recommendations via text. All right. So uh, Bill was the heir to the Standard Oil name and money. And the town said, how did a middle class divorcee do it? First of all, there were actually two heirs to the Standard Oil fortune who were courting Rebecca Harkness. I'm stuck on the how did he do it? I'm like, are they implying that no, he killed the no, person? How did a middle class divorcee there? Rebecca, how did she marry this like prince of industry? But like, so she's not middle class. No, she is uh, by the standards of like the standard oil company, like Rockefellers. She's middle class. But by the rest of society, she was incredibly wealthy. OK, gotcha. So, yeah, she actually was suited, uh, had two people with mo- standard oil money, like courting her at the same time. John Archibald uh, was an heir to Standard Oil, and uh, her future husband, William Hale Harkness, he inherited about $50 million. That was in 1946 money, uh, which is about six six $667 billion in today money. So he rich. Mm-hmm. He rich. His great uncle was a founding partner at Standard Oil. Uh, Bill was also a decorated war hero from World War II with a bronze star. He helped plan a little something called D-Day. So he's a good guy. Uh, Bill was he, uh, Bill was also recently divorced from his wife, Buffy, not a vampire slayer. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Do you have proof? Um, she actually div- divorced him during the war. Because she had to go slay vampires and keep her yeah. identity secret. However... Um, she did remarry uh, the film star Robert Montgomery in 1950, and the whole thing was kind of a big scandal. When he showed up to this Rhode Island town, he literally pulled up in a yacht, an 80-foot, 81-foot-long yacht that was also used by the in the Harvard-Yale regatta. I don't like him. Yeah. So he turned a lot of heads with his arrival, and naturally, uh, Betty found him immediately. Betty? <laughs> Rebecca. Oh. She went by Betty. Or Rebecca. She went back and forth. Um, they hit it off and were engaged within a few months. And again, I talked about this by no, by only by like the Rockefeller standard were they middle class. Is Betty a nickname for Rebecca? Yeah. I thought it was a nickname for Elizabeth. Nope. It's both apparently. So yeah, she wasn't really middle class by any standard except for like the uber, uber wealthy. Uh, like they were like great, great Gatsby wealthy. Their only concerns during the Great Depression was the fact that it was harder for them to get wine because of the prohibition. And whether or not that green light was hanging on the dock. So, and she, she was also divorced. Uh, her first husband was Charles Dixon Walsh Pierce. Uh, she knew it was a mistake the second they stepped down the aisle. I understand that feeling, and I am not talking about uh, Austin. Yeah. She had two kids that she didn't particularly like. <laughs> uh, Alan, her son, and Terry, her daughter. She div- she divorced uh, her first husband because-, because she said that he hated her friends. Also, between her divorce and when she met Bill, she was briefly involved with a future Supreme Court justice named Potter Stewart. Uh, He called her Madam Snake Hips West. (laughs) And he also sent her tasteful nude photographs. Of himself? Of himself that were in this book. That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, she got nudes from a Supreme Court justice. 
I mean, it's not illegal, probably. Well, actually, no, no. no this if he sent them through the mail, it would have been illegal at this time. Yeah. So there was a Supreme I'm Court. I'm pretty just- certain this was during the obscenity laws. Yeah, yeah. A future Supreme Court justice was so enamored Federal. he sent her naked photos. So yeah, uh, let's got. So let's move on to the next line. The wedding was charming, if a little gauche. There's only so far new money goes. Bill was not new money. No. <laughs> we'll just throw that straight out there. And the wedding was pretty charming. It was a small private wedding held in Bill's Park Avenue apartment with only immediate family in attendance. So that's the way to do it. I don't know if like I don't know if that would really qualify as gauche. It was small and not really. It was it sounded like it was a tasteful affair. Not. It depends really... on what was actually going on inside. Yeah, small tasteful wedding. Uh, and just, yeah, to like were there photos of the wedding? No. Well, actually, yeah, there was, but it just looked like it looked like any like normal wedding photo. Like, n- I mean, okay, so I just looked up gauche to make sure it meant what it what I thought it did, and it actually didn't. Lacking ease or grace, unsophisticated and socially awkward. So it actually would have been gauche. Yeah, it would have been a little gauche. Uh, for the upper elite. Yeah, it was not a like, you know, it was not taking place in a ballroom with all of New York in attendance, paying homage to you. And also, it could have very easily been socially awkward, considering like, I bet her sons were there and like, knowing she didn't like, or her son and daughter, knowing she didn't yeah. like them. She interestingly, because she was from a Midwestern town, she didn't have the East Coast sophistication. But now she was married to as close as you can get to American royalty. Mm-hmm. So she now had this air of like sophistication, and she was like you know a leader in this society now because of all of the wealth. And uh, shortly after they married, they had a daughter named Edith. I like that name. It's a good name. All right, they picked out a home and called it Holiday House. Holiday House was the grandest house in Watch Hill, Rhode Island, the same town where they met. Uh, it is a 40-room summer home. What do you do with 40 rooms? Like, we have not that many rooms, and I find this place too big. I have no idea. One. Like, when you are t- when you decide you're going to entertain a 100 people and they stay the night, I guess? We have six rooms plus the bathrooms. Or plus the bathroom, laundry room, and basement, which don't really yeah. count. And yeah, I could really do with just having like four. And this was their weekend home. Uh, they would, uh, they lived in New York City in his Park Avenue apartment, and they would commute to Holiday House on the weekends via yacht. These people sound exhausting. Yes. Uh, I get seasick on yachts, so I have a very strong opinion. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rebecca also hated yachts. She was like, as yeah. All he talks about is boats. Boats, I boats. married him when I was 20. I didn't know better. <laughs> So uh, going to the next line, their parties were tasteful, if a little loud. The doctor had told him to settle down. It must have been her fault his heart gave out. How old was he? He was uh, 15 years older than her. So he was in his 40s at the time. Well, she already had two kids from her first marriage. Yeah. How old was she? She was in her 30s. So he would have been in his 50s, probably. Yeah. So he was he was older. Um, uh, he First of all, their parties were tasteful. They weren't particularly loud because they kind of complimented each other very well. He was incredibly buttoned up and like, you know, an uptight asshole. But she loosened him up nicely because and her desire to be seen as the perfect New England society wife kind of kept her wild streak down because she had a wild side to her. So we have a Dolly Madison situation. We have a Dolly Madison situation. Uh, But and their parties were not especially loud and were considered very tasteful because she wanted to be seen as a member of high society. And um, she was keeping her wild side in check at the time. Uh, So Bill had his first heart attack in, in 1953 while he was playing squash. And then a second heart attack, also playing squash, 
1954. So it must have been Squash's fault that his heart gave yeah. out. His doctors and Betty told him to quit playing Squash. He did not quit playing Squash. He also didn't quit drinking old fashions because he had to keep drinking, even though his doctors and Betty told him you need to stop drinking. Uh, they also installed an elevator at Holiday House so he would stop climbing the stairs. He refused to stop climbing the stairs. Isn't climbing the stairs one of the things that like tell people have had heart attacks to do, though? This is what they apparently they told him to like not elevate his heart. He must have had a condition of some kind. Mm, OK, Um, he refused to use it. He had a fatal heart attack and died on August 12th of 1954. Again, Betty was shockingly well behaved while married to Bill. And yeah, it was if anything, she didn't kill him. His um, stubborn white manness killed him. Thank God you don't play squash. Yeah. And then we go on to the chorus, which I'll actually come. I'm going to cover the chorus at the end for reasons. Okay. So uh, then Rebecca gave up on the Rhode Island set forever. Um, Although incredibly wealthy, Watch Hill was considered like a kind of a poor man's Newport. So it was it was not a fashionable place. And it was considered uh, painfully Midwestern. It was where all of the Midwestern wealthy people would go to the coast. So it had a quieter and had a higher moral tone to it. And she had the same problems with Watch Hill as she had with St. Louis. She hated the stuffy old people. And she also hated the rampant anti-Semitism. That was kind of a part of that. Mm -hmm. But she didn't actually... She may have given up on the society there, but she didn't give up on the house. She actually kept Holiday House and would... stay there frequently but she did remodel it because she hated her kids so she had she hated edith too now yeah hate all like so she's sure. she didn't want kids she didn't want kids she actually designed it so like each part of the house was like its own like separate unit with the own kitchens and everything so you could just can be completely separate from everybody and her daughter edith remembered going to her shortly after her father's death while she was trying to practice the piano and being like dismissed with like what do you want now because edith would have been what 10 five five yeah yeah, at the same time, remember, it's the 40s and the 50s. There was absolutely no choice in whether or not you had kids for yeah. women at that point. Then uh, the next line, she flew in all the bitch pack friends from the city. Uh, the bitch pack was a nickname for her group of friends that she had back in They were St. actually Louis. called that? They were called the bitch pack. That's awesome. Uh, the nickname was bestowed upon them by a spurned male suitor. Ooh. And they were kind of like the... St. Louis party scene when they were like in their teens and early 20s. When when they left the party, all the men left the party. <laughs> if they didn't show up, your party basically might as well have not happened. They defined everything. But they had a falling out as adults, and while they did come a little bit after Bill's death, they decided we need to stop hanging out with Betty because she's a bitch. <laughs> It was really, it's like, she was like trying to put on airs and it was just exhausting to be around her. Mm -hmm. And she's like almost expecting like umbrage from people. It's like, oh, you didn't thank me enough for this. Uh, Also, uh, she was also incredibly jealous of her friend, Jane Johnson, who was considered the more beautiful one. And she uh, merged more easily into East Coast society than Betty did. She always kind of stuck out a little bit. Jane was absolutely the perfect East Coast society wife and didn't have the same troubles Betty did. Uh, She actually didn't reconcile with Jane until Jane was on her own deathbed. Mm. So really, she like the bitch pack friends were not like, you know, a big part of her life once Bill died. Uh, Here we go. These next few lines are actually most of the story compressed into three lines. Okay. It was um, filled the fool, uh, filled the pool with champagne and swam with the big names and blew through the money on the boys in the ballet and losing on card game card game bets with Dolly. With who? Dolly. Uh, I thought it was Dolly Parton. (laughs) 
Dolly Parton. I mean, Dolly Parton was around, but yeah. not around around. Well, this this next part covers like Dolly Parton was born in the forties. Yeah, this next part covers like thirty years. Those three lines are a lot. Did she actually swim in a pool full of champagne? Yes, she did. Okay, are we talking a f- just champagne? Or are we talking like a water to she champagne? Literally ratio? filled a swimming pool with Dom Perignon. That must have wreaked havoc on the pipes. Like she cared. Well, as someone whose basement flooded yesterday, I yeah. care. Uh-huh. Well, you know, she also had enough money. She could have just, like, just to- it's like, oh, the pipes are bad. Let's tear down the house and build a new one. It's true. Tomorrow. That's true. She uh, she uh, she also once filled a fish tank with scotch because she thought the fish were swimming a little sluggishly. That uh, didn't end well. This killed them. Yeah. Please do not do this. No. Uh, she entertained lots of artists, composers, choreographers, just like she was wanted so desperately to be like a patron of the arts and also a performer as well. Mm-hmm. And um, she one of the more famous people she worked with was Martha Graham. Mm-hmm. Martha Graham, Martha Graham. Austin is so excited about choreography these days. He didn't have like any idea of what any of the birdcage references were. And then I had him watch or he chose to watch Pippin. He understands the Fosse, Fosse, Fosse now. Yep. Yeah, uh, Martha Grant worked with her briefly, but left frustrated uh, because Betty was a, air quotes, composer and was mostly humored because of her wealth. Oh, yeah. Um, One of her teachers commented that she couldn't tell a piccolo from a tuba. Okay, even I can tell that. I could probably identify a piccolo. I know what a tuba is. And Holiday House kind of became like her salon where she would like, you know, bring people out and she'd practice and work with people on her art and trying to become this big arts patron. And uh, she kept a truly punishing training schedule with and like she would wake up, practice, perform, train, dance, like work on compose, like basically constant lessons all day. And when her energy flagged, she... uh took amphetamines to keep going. These were the same vitamin shots that were uh, given to people like Tennessee Williams, mm-hmm. uh, JFK, and many other 1960s notables. Mm-hmm. It was just like, they were just injecting her with amphetamines to give her that pep of energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she was around notable people and she started doing a lot of drugs because doctors told her it was it was good. Yeah, that's actually one of the interesting things. Like Adderall was originally like a weight loss drug and everybody thought it was fine. And I mean, it is fine. I'm on Adderall, but you thank God we know more now. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the boys, because this is probably talking about her uh, various love interests. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start with her her third husband. And what, are the, what line are we looking at? The uh, blue through the money on the boys and the ballet. Okay. This is just the boys. There was her third husband, Bill Keen, got married in 1961. He was a doctor and a specialist in tropical medicine who ac- who actually had a small role in the Iran hostage crisis. Uh, basically, the uh, deposed Shah of Iran was in Mexico and dying of cancer. They brought in Dr. Bill Keen. He looked at him and he said, yes, if he's going to survive, we have to get him to this hospital in New York to treat him. And the Ayatollah of Iran was like, no, just let him die. And when he got to America, Iran got really mad. And that sparked the hostage crisis when they like seized the, seized the embassy. He came up on a podcast I was listening to, but I can't remember. In, my, my brain is going to be one of my paranormal podcasts. Is yep. is their holiday house haunted? <laughs> It might be. I didn't. It, uh, any hauntings were not mentioned in this book because they were. Ta- I remember them talking about like you can be a tropical doctor, like this big question mark, and then something about the rest of this. He yep. came up on a podcast. I yep. don't remember which one. He was uh, viewed by high society as a money grubber, but that was actually pretty far from the case. He was just a doctor and really did not care about the vast wealth. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 
However, Betty's son, Alan, did not get along with him. Uh, Alan was also kind of an asshole. Like, he has a Logan Huntsberger streak about him. But his mother actively hated him his entire life. So you get to, there's a certain amount of dickishness that you can get away with at that point. Yeah, um, they uh, he got into a full-on fight with uh, the Ben and Alan got in a full-on fight at Terry's coming out party, which is basically a look at my young daughter. She is marriageable party, not a she's gay. Yes, this would be the a debutante ball debutante situation. Debutante ball situation. So yeah, they got they got into a full-on fist fight at this. It's not a real party until someone gets in a fist fight. Yep. Also, um, we haven't gotten into it yet, but she had a she had a dance company and with including a ballet. They also hated Ben, mostly because he tried to get her to spend less money on patronizing the arts and convinced her to do of all horrible things, give two million dollars to build a medical research wing at a hospital. The nerve. What a dick. I know. How dare he want to use her wealth to like i mean i guess if he like abused her into doing this that's a different story but it doesn't sound like it think about all and think about all of the good you could do with this medical research wing named after your 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 deceased husband bill it was the william hale harkness so not only did he was he like hey he didn't want want any of the glory he's like hey let's build this research wing it's kind of like you and me we need to buy a lottery ticket by the way we do like when there was that half billion dollar lottery like think of all the good we can do with it uh, not because uh, we're excellent people or anything, because we were uh, also going to build an entire, fl- we were going to convert an entire floor of our house into a bathroom. But uh, what we're talking about, it's like, I, I'm a good person. Yes, Such a it's good true. So yeah, uh, while she was married to Dr. Keen, Keen uh, Rebecca started an affair with her dance partner, Bobby Skeevers, who described himself as a homosexual. Okay. He was actually talked into this affair by his dance teacher, and member of their dance troupe who thought that maybe he could be like a mouthpiece for the dance troupe and get her to start spending money on more money on them and stop wasting money on improving the world. <laughs> so um, that's not to say that dance troops don't deserve money. He, it's that yeah. you can you can spread your wealth around to different things. He spent the most time with her. So I thought, well, if you start a rom- romantic relationship with her, uh, we might be able to get some more money out of this. So um, after several false starts, including one time in which they tried to have sex at the White House and failed. <laughs> because where, where in the White House? They didn't say. Was it the Lincoln bedroom? Maybe. Or that, I mean, obviously, I don't think it was his bedroom, but the bedroom where, well, maybe it was. I can't remember what, but the, the, yeah. the bedroom that Lincoln haunts. They had several, like, they tried kept trying to have sex. And finally, after, like, the right amount of brandy. He managed to have sex with her, and they continued that for a while. Oh, poor guy. Yep. Um, she got an apartment and a full wardrobe for him, so he wouldn't have to stay as far away. And also, he would stop dressing like a poor slovenly bum, and she could really just be seen with him. And even though she didn't actually want to be seen with him, because one time they were out in public, and they saw she saw someone she recognized, and she dove behind like a clothes rack. <laughs> Again, this is this would be such a great TV show, like a, or a mini series or something. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, um, Doctor Keen found out about this, and they got a divorce, in which he got a one million dollar settlement. I forgot he was married to her. Yeah. So after the divorce, she continued her affair with Bobby for a while, and Bobby began to use her influence to her to influence the dancer, basically do stuff that Bobby wanted. So it kind of backfired on these people who thought, "Yes, Bobby, you can control her for us." Bobby's like. I'm in charge now. We're going to do what Bobby wants. And Bobby wasn't a great dancer. 
but he was just large and muscular and he looked like a Norse god. So, and Rebecca was not a dainty woman. She was like tall and powerfully built. So he was a good dance partner for her because he was like strong enough to lift her and like, you know, do all the dance stuff with her. But he wasn't a great dancer. Mm -hmm. So uh, she eventually broke up with him after she found out that he had been poisoning her with saltpeter to curb her sexual appetites. Oh my God. Uh, And she found out that he had been sleeping with many of the young men in the youth dancers. The youth dancers? Yes. These were like 18, 19 year olds. Okay, so not children. Yeah, like, uh, I think it was like like late teens. That's not great, though. Not great. That's some grooming shit mm. right there. And he had also been stealing her silver. Come on, bro. Your life is paid for. Yeah, and he was like, once like once like the writing was on the wall, there's a break up with him. He like actually was like calling people, sobbing and crying. It's like, she's going to kick me out. I don't know how I'm going to live. It's like, maybe you shouldn't have poisoned her, slept with all of those men and stolen her silverware. Yeah. And it was so funny. The author of this book actually interviewed him several times and he was like, well, I don't understand what her problem was. And then he'd go into, it's like what her problem was and what he did. And he was like, I didn't do any of that. He was kind of, he was a little bit on the scummy side. So then she met her fourth husband, Dr. Niels Larson, uh, at a party she was actually throwing for her daughter, Terry, so she could find a new husband in 1972. She was throwing a party so that she, Betty, could find a husband. No, that her daughter could find a husband. And then Betty uh, started snatching up all of the eligible bachelors. So was Terry divorced at this point? Terry was also divorced at this point. Yeah. Her, oh my God. Her kids are a train wreck. I'm not even going into her kids. Well, like, I mean, think about what she did to them. Oh man. Her kid. It's like, if this if this was like anything, if, the, if you knew this was like a fictional story, if this was fictional, you would not believe it's like, okay, her kids are over the top. This is a bit much. But they none were, of them became serial killers? One of them actually committed murder, but it got downgraded to uh, manslaughter and only served eight years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Also, her uh, Dr. Niels Larson was a gynecologist and also kind of the Dr. Oz of the 70s. No. He was like a celebrity gossip doctor. No. Uh, they got married suddenly in 1974 and she immediately rewrote the will. So he got one third of the fortune should she die before him. Um, her own children actually didn't know she was married until they read about it in the newspaper. Oh, God. Um, she divorced him after she he finally saw the extent of her drug abuse which we're going to get into her drug abuse. But yeah, and he begged her to stop because her life was in danger. So she divorced him instead of quitting. Mm -hmm. Now the ballet, the Harkness Ballet, because Betty wanted to be a patron of the arts and she loved dancers. Yes, she did. And she wanted to be a dancer in her youth, but her father put a stop to it because that was not something for a young woman to be involved in. Okay. It's like, yeah, it was just, no, you will not be a dancer. So she got out of dance. Well, I mean, her options were to be human or to be dancer. Yep. Just Austin didn't get my joke. I know, it's the killer's song. I just couldn't remember the rest of the lyrics. You threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but then she found other ways to be involved with the arts. Because while she was married to Bill, he also didn't want her, like, performing in these things. But he did, like, uh, let her invest in some stuff. And she made uh, quite a bit of money off of investing in the first run of Kiss Me Kate. Yeah. And, uh, but Bill didn't care for theater at all. She actually drug him to a ballet once. And he said, I've seen enough of these prancing faggots to last a lifetime. Oh, Jesus. Yes. So he was, 
I mean, he was definitely like a rich man of his time, but it was like, oh, even that was a bit much. Yeah, especially like that was not her way of playing these games either from what you said earlier, like her not wanting to be a part of stuff because of the anti-Semitism. It it sounds like she was more like, correct me if I'm wrong, please, but it sounds like she was more mad that he was sleeping with other people than the fact that he was gay. Yeah. And stealing silver and poisoning her, too. Let's let's not forget that. No, but I'm just like, the homophobia was not shared by her from what you've said so far. It was like a little bit, but she was also like, might have been just lashing out angrily at him after she found out about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So then she met Bob Joffrey and his dance troupe. Joffrey? Joffrey. Yeah. Does he get poisoned? No, but she he does get stabbed in the back. So this was after Bill died. She decided she was going to invest some money and time on the arts. And so she decided to invest heavily in Bob Joffrey's dance troupe. She spent so much of her time and money on the arts that it drove a wedge between her and her oldest son, Alan. He blamed her obsession with the arts for her lack of affection for her children. He actually ended up leaving and almost never talking to her again because he He, felt- He gave a shit about her kids? No, this was her oldest son. Oh. He's like, yeah, she loved the ball- She loved the ballet more than me, which she did. Mm-hmm. She spent lavishly on them, too. She bought them designer clothes. Everywhere they went, they traveled first class. They uh, would buy them expensive gifts. Basically, if they asked for us, they get it for her. They're- she spent, like, they purchased dozens of pianos. Uh, she even paid for nose jobs and orthodontics if they asked for it. She literally baked a cake filled with money wrapped in aluminum foil for them. So it was just a cake full of money. I'm trying to figure out how much the mo- of the money would burn in that situation. She didn't care. <laughs> she was... Bur- this is the... She was... She had money to burn, I yes, mean, I know. She was, like, literally burning money, but she was also metaphorically burning money. Mm-hmm. And just... She had a very just no expensive spared uh, production vision. And of course, this also expanded to her own her own compositions because she went she wrote something called Dreams of Glory, which they toured the world with with this. Uh, They went in 1963. They played for the Shah of Iran and they actually uh, like they even were invited to perform at the White House for JFK and the Ethiopian Emperor Haile Salise. Uh, which, by the way, the costumes for this production alone cost $135,000. That'd be expensive in today money. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was bad. Like, the State Department was worried we had caused an international incident bad. Why was it bad? Because the Ethiopians really hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't bad enough that she was never invited to perform at the White House again because she was invited to perform for LBJ a few years later mm-hmm. with her, her troupe. And then she brought the same production to Russia in the height of the Cold War, where it was actually a success. But, you know, it wasn't all sunshine and roses because she became frustrated with Joffrey because she felt that he was stumping on her creative dream as much as he thought she was just trying to buy everyone and, like, crush his creativity. So uh, she supported his troop for two years and spent millions of dollars on them, and they were starting to clash over creative differences. Eventually, it came to a head, and she called him an inadequate beatnik, and then she stole his dancers out from under him and started her own dance company called the Harkness Ballet, because she just bought them all. I kind of respect that. Uh, It did piss off the art community, who viewed it as a capricious millionaire usurping a brilliant young artistic director. Was he, though? Because the ballet was real bad and almost Mm -hmm. caused an international incident. Yes. 
So unless she was choreographing it, that sounds like a him problem. Oh yeah, she was. She was trying to direct things too much. He, he like went on to some mild success, but he lost his like golden ticket. So the reputation did recover, recover from the, her dance troupe. But as time went on, the focus became more and more on Betty and less on all of the talented dancers she was buying up. Sure. Uh, she actually bought a mansion in New York City to act as a studio office and housing for the dancers, and it was decorated extravagantly. They had a Louis XVI chandelier, an art gallery featuring paintings by Matisse and Picasso, uh, an elevator decorated to resemble a giant jeweled birdcage, and um, they also featured prominently featured many of Betty's own sculptures that she sculpted herself because she was an artist. This reminds me now of that guy I covered a billion years ago, Dooley, I think was his name, where he had his like sculpture garden. And... Yes. Oh, man. And her lawyers were trying to desperately get her to spe- cut her spending on the ballet because she was spending over a million dollars a year on this. Mm-hmm. And even with the gains she was making in the stock market, because the stock market was booming, it could not keep up with the level of spending she was doing on this. They were unsuccessful in, excess- they were unsuccessful in curbing her spending. In fact, she started spending more because she opened up a dance school. And because she opened up a dance school, they got more and more dancers. So she started a second troupe, the Harkness Youth Dancers, in 1968, in which uh, Bobby was kind of in charge of. It was creepy. Yeah, she had spent about $7 million on all of her various ballets and could no longer afford to support all of it. Because even though everyone was saying, oh, yes, she has hundreds of millions of dollars, it was nowhere near that much. It was tens of millions of dollars, which is a lot. Oh, no. But not the... the just vast fortune everyone assumed it was. And she she attracted so many uh, parasites, which it's so funny hearing like people who are around her who were also using her for money describe the other parasites. Like she's like, there was like swamis, uh, masseuses who were like trying to like, yeah. And like people, uh, someone who claimed that she was the reincarnation of the woman who invented dance, who was like kind of a clinger on. Nobody invented dance. Sorry, invented jazz dance. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And so then because there, she was spending so much and it finally got through to her, I can't afford to keep this up. Uh, she abruptly canceled a 1970 world tour of the Harkness Ballet. Ironically, this is when they were starting to become a legitimate ses- success. Oh, Jesus. They were like, but, you know, it was because she was spending so much money on them. And they couldn't keep it up, but they were actually starting to get some acclaim and people were like, oh, wow, they're good now. And nope, she abruptly canceled it. And she just now the youth dancer, youth dancers were her only troupe. And she renamed them the Harkness Ballet. Uh, she also started giving the entire ballet troupe uh, vitamin shots, the same ones she was getting. Uh-huh. So they were all hyped up on and these are children. Let's young, uh, these are like young, they're like young, uh, teenagers. late teens, early 20s. And also Betty started taking heavy duty painkillers for arthritis and hip problems. And she also started injecting herself with testosterone as a part of what a doctor told her would be an age reversing treatment. I feel like the opposite is true. Uh-huh. Uh, her drug use was getting out of control. She was on the same drugs that killed Judy Garland, but in much higher doses. Uh, you could practically track her by following the trail of discarded hypodermic needles. Gross. Yeah. And then, because even though she had just scaled back, um, it was temporary. Because in 1972, she spent $1.5 million on a dance theater across the street from the Lincoln Center in New York City. She wanted to make the world's most state-of-the-art dance theater uh she spent a further five million dollars on the restorations which included like gold leaf like details on everything a state-of-the-art sound absorbing dance floor and 1277 
hand-carved upholstered chairs in her signature color, Harkness Blue. Yes. But the theater was too small to ever pay for its staggering overhead. And then they had their premiere in 1974. Uh, Betty Ford was in attendance with her daughter. This was just a few months before Nixon resigned and she became the First Lady. Uh, Lady Bird Johnson, the former First Lady, uh, was going to attend but backed out at the last minute. And there was just all sorts of other dance and theater notables in attendance as well. You're making faces. I was trying to look up what Harkness Blue was and I don't know if you're going to get to the stuff that's going on now, but okay. I, I was just a bit surprised by something I saw when I was trying to find the color. Ooh. So yeah, uh, Betty was, during the premiere, Rebecca was too drugged to stand and kept falling over. Nice. And to cap things off, the reviews were brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, the theater was described as a garish bordello of a dance studio. <laughs> A Staten Island beauty parlor. Oh, God. And uh, here's a quote. One can only sorrow that so much money, love, and care was expended on s- to such little result. Uh, <laughs> That's how people are going to feel because I'm looking around the, our studio right now. I'm like, I can't wait to actually dig in and get this place repainted. I'm like, it's going to look like the inside of her bordello of dance. Yep. Uh, and in addition to how garish it was, it was too hot. The lobby was claustrophobic. The sight lines were bad and the acoustics were terrible. You do not want bad sight lines. Yep. And in addition to all of the theater itself, the choreography was also dismal. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, there was her mural. A $200,000 mural. Is it like the one from Parks and Rec with Leslie Nope topless as a centaur? Worse. <laughs> so much worse. It was... Bit- she hired a muralist who took nude photos of all of her dancers in various poses and then projected them to make this mural of all of these nude figures as he painted over them. And at the center of it was Rebecca gazing lovingly at a guy's ass. Like she was staring directly into his butthole. Is this mural still around? No. Are there photos of this mural? Yes. It is bad. I'm looking right now. And just, just, just nudity and very suggestive nudity. And it was just, it was described by many of the theater critics as the ugliest mural they had ever seen. And to top it all off. Oh, she was kind of pretty. To top all of it off, she was mad that she got bad press. So she commissioned a caricature of one of her critics as a naked, obese man, like standing upon the stinking Titanic and had that displayed prominently in the lobby. So this place was t- got just tackier and tackier. Uh, the place quickly became insolvent, like within a year. It was losing $1.5 million a year, and it was only making about 500000 Is that it? That's it. Those poor dancers, they deserve better. Yes, they do. Yeah. And yeah, she is staring directly at his coccyx. <laughs> like, like her eyes are like, it's like she's about to like, his back is messed up. Like she's about to give him some kind of naked chiropractic treatment. Yeah, it was, it was bad. So uh, they had to quickly close the theater because it was a, just a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then the final of these three lines and losing on card game bets with Dolly. This was Salvador Who is Do- Dolly. Salvador Dolly. Dolly. Yep, not Dolly Parton, Salvador Dolly. Not Dolly Parton, not Dolly Madison, even yep. though they are the same. Yeah, Salvador Dolly. He uh, is a surrealist painter, most famously known for his painting, The Persistence of Memory, which is the painting with all the melty clocks. Yeah, I know Dolly. Yep. He died relatively recently, didn't he? Yeah, he's um, he was in his, like, he was in his 50s, like, when 
he was hanging around with her. And it's not sure if they ever played poker, but she did pay him a shit ton of money. Uh, she uh, commissioned a painting of her daughter, Edith, when she was nine. It was a painting of her in a golden cage. An obvious jab at Rebecca, who was, even though she hated her kids, was very demanding of her daughter. So Dolly got to choose how the painting worked. She yep. just, it was just a paint. She was like, paint my daughter. Uh-huh. And it was her in a golden cage. And G- Dolly also kind of held a grudge against her for a disappointing dinner party where he didn't get, to, where basically he thought he was going to eat and she didn't serve any food. So he was really mad about that. So he kind of held a grudge against her and was just like, whenever she'd buy something from him, he jacked the price up astronomically. Uh, I would be like, if I had the opportunity to hold a grudge over somebody who promised me food and didn't give me food, I too would do this. Yeah, he like more... He more than doubled the price of a piece of jewelry he made for her called the Star of the Sea, which looks a little bit like an octopus, mm-hmm. but covered in jewels. Mm-hmm. And as kind of like his little petty like vengeance fit. I appreciate he also this. would bring his pet ocelot to her parties. An ocelot's like a monkey? An ocelot's like a cat. It's like a it's like one of those like spotty jungle cats. Oh, it's like okay. A, it's like okay. a little mini leopard. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, he also designed the urn that was going to hold her ashes after her death, but it was not large enough for her remains. So they had it in a in the urn and in a like designer bag next to it. So it's like, here's half of her in this urn. The other half is in this Birkin bag. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so like, we're going to get this. The last verse um, really covers like almost nothing, but it's we're going to go through it. Uh. They say she was seen on occasion, pacing the rocks and staring out at the midnight sea, and in a feud with her neighbor, she stole his dog and died at Key Lime Green. Fifty years is a long time for a holiday house sat quietly on that beach, free of women with madness, their men and bad habits, and then it was bought by me. Me being Taylor Swift. So, her health began to- began to Did she actually die her neighbor's dog? No, it was a cat. She died her neighbor's cat green. Yeah. And so I bet Taylor Swift didn't want to have that because she's a cat person. No, I think so, too. It's like because it's like all the, it's like, yeah, she died a cat green. She died a cat green. And Taylor Swift's like she died a dog green. Well, I mean, dogs are chiller than cats and would not have to be like forced into this. As it's much. almost like meaner to die a cat green because like a cat would not like, oh, I hate this. And the dog's like, what's going on? Oh, I'm I getting love attention. It. I'm getting attention. Yeah, her health began to rapidly decline. Um, Her frequent injections had built up scar tissue around her knees, and she'd also had hip surgery for her arthritis, so she walked very stiffly after this. And uh, her drug, her decades of drug use had finally had really slowed down her sharp wit. So she was almost like a marionette towards the end of her life. Mm -hmm. But um, when she was talking about stole. Uh, in the feud with the neighbor, she stole his dog and died to Lime Green. She had been a prankster through most of her life, like to an insane degree. Uh, she, uh, when when she was younger, she'd served her guests dog food, saying it was corned beef hash. You know how I feel about corned beef. It is just wet meat. So yeah. I believe it. Um, she had done a strip tease on a dining room table at a party. Um, she dressed as a maid for like as a joke on many occasions. And one time she dressed up as a maid in a kind of I Love Lucy-esque scheme to meet the reclusive author J.D. Salinger. So she dressed up as a maid and went up and rang his doorbell and acted like she was supposed to be there to clean his house. And he didn't fall for it. Sorry, I just realized that we know this person. We do. We do. We absolutely do. <laughs> uh, she also climbed up onto a roof and then cl- came down the chimney. And um, yeah, then we're going to talk about I want to talk about this. She got kicked off of a cruise ship, the uh, Empress of Britain. 
Now, if I kicked off, do you mean they like pulled into port and wouldn't let her get back on, or they threw her over the edge? No, um, basically, they actually had to make a special stop to get rid of her. Oh, God. So she'd gone on this cruise when she was young with a bunch of, like, you know, the rich and famous of America and Europe. And she had been, been basically a pain in the ass this entire time. She uh, was like, uh, like making like like lewd limericks about like the cruise director and like posting on the boards, getting in a fight with people. She was uh, constantly being berated for skinny dipping in one of the uh, the boats' pools, and she was like getting in like fights with a Portuguese and a Brazilian guy constantly. But that's not what got her got her kicked off. You have to try really hard to get in trouble on a cruise. She ship. caused an international incident again. Yeah, again, this time it was in uh, the Philippines. They were at a thing and they were playing the American National Anthem. And then they started to play the Canadian National Anthem. And she got mad and started loudly like complaining about it and threw rocks at the conductor. Uh, they decided that had been, that was simply too much. So uh, they, they realized they also couldn't leave her there. So they actually had to take her to a Hong Kong so she could get off and take another boat home. So they actually had to reroute this cruise to get rid of her. Yeah. You have to work real hard to get in trouble on a cruise ship. Especially when you're as wealthy as she was. <laughs> I mean, people get murdered on cruise ships on the regular and nobody ever gets in trouble. Yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, uh, and these were all in her youth, like long before her health really started to decline late in her life. Um, when she was dying, she did reconnect with Bobby, and the two of them would occasionally travel to go see a performance. Bobby is the guy she dated and then yeah, found the out the that gay he was guy she dated. Okay. Yeah. So they reconnected. He was shockingly one of her more staunch supporters near the end of her life because everyone else was just trying to get in her will and he was trying to make sure that she was okay. So did he end up in her will as a result? Yeah. <laughs> Um, here. In 1980, she was diagnosed with cancer and was told she didn't have long to live. Uh, she finally died in on June 17th of 1982. Her last words were, uh, Alan, you asshole. Which Alan was, is her son. Alan is her son, who is currently in jail for manslaughter. Why was he there? Or was she just like no, saying this? He was just complaining about Alan and how he was an asshole. So he and wasn't the, even there. He she wasn't was, even there. She just wanted to make sure that everybody knew on her way out that Alan was an asshole. Yep. And then finally the line, and then it was bought by me. Uh, Holiday House was bought by Taylor Swift in 2013 for a reported $17.75 million. Hey, T-Swizzle, we've got some house repairs that we could really use some help out with please so, um i read a book for you taylor this is he, the least you he can do. read a whole book and at no point has he criticized you for changing things because we are actually huge supporters of, of that kind of license yep. and we could really use some new plumbing yep and so now i'm gonna get to the chorus and they said there goes the last great american dynasty who knows if she never showed up what could have been there goes the maddest woman this town has ever seen. She had a marvelous time ruining everything. I really always loved that line mm -hmm. because I kind of wish that was how I was. I wish I was the kind of person who could just kind of leave things on fire in my wake sometimes. Yes. Kind of just like Daenerys your way around. Yes. I actually have a lot of respect for until the very last second, a lot of what Daenerys did, because I got it. The, you did not have another choice in some of these things. Yeah. So Taylor Swift uh, views Rebecca Harkness as kind of a similar figure to her um, because, you know, she gets criticized for what she does, but she loves her art and she's successful and she wants to do her own thing. That is great. And I love that she does that. Yes. But also, she's uh, angered quite a few people in her wake, especially with Holiday House, because uh, she, when she purchased it, it really pissed off the locals. 
Uh, they even tried to write a Taylor Swift tax law in Rhode Island that was a higher tax on second homes worth more than $1 million. It was very unpopular and was withdrawn. Well, I mean, she would not be the only one there. No. And uh, they also got really mad at her when she was repairing a seawall on her property to prevent I erosion. I remember this. And it lim- it briefly limited access to a public beach. Is this the house that somebody broke into, too? Yeah. Because it's not... She it's was, not a house. It's a complex. Yeah, like, well, she didn't, you know, turn it into a fucking, like, bro- blockaded off, like, castle or anything. It's, no. Yeah. And I gather she's a quiet neighbor, like, even when she's, like, in her New York apartment and she's yeah. got all her fancy-schmancy friends mm-hmm. that I'm kind of jealous of. Like, I gather she's not a loud neighbor or and anything. She also uh, really made people mad and they started making the comparisons to Rebecca Harkness because she threw a party in 2016 on the 4th of July. Uh, not a party on the 4th of July. Nobody else could possibly have been yeah. throwing a party that it day. It was, um, they were critical of her lavish, lavish celebrity filled, which include the likes of Blake Lively, Gigi Hadid, Ruby Rose, Cara Delevingne, Uzo Aduba, and her then boyfriend, Tom Hiddleston. Also... Ed Sheeran showed up for karaoke. I love Ed Sheeran. We had like this long conversation about him the other day. And I was like looking at this party. It was an adorable party. They started saying Pictionary and charades. There's pictures of an Instagram. Is this the picture where uh, Tom Hiddleston has the I love Taylor Swift shirt on? Yeah. Um, Which people got really critical about too. And he was like, yeah, it was a, I think his shirt got dirty or something. Like it was a joke. And so uh, they criticized how much she spent on this party and for a couple of photos in which they were going on, going down a large inflatable water slide. uh, She uh, mistreated the American flag and they also painted an American flag and a British flag on Gigi Hadid's ass. So they were very critical of her treatment of the flag. How dare she? Let's talk about flag code sometimes, I'm... because I bet all of them have violated it. If they've worn an American flag T-shirt, oh, and they were like they're they also wearing like it. patriotic swimsuits. And Blake Lively was there partying with them, and she was pregnant at the time. It was like you know all just this media like. Wait, she's not allowed to have friends while she's pregnant. Yeah, it was... I mean, if she was drinking out of a bottle of tequila, I guess you could say something. I know it was just like like lots of like you know hand wringing, just like oh my gosh, like you know. The press with the vapors. I remember photos from this party. It looked like a fun party. It looked like a fun party. And like, you know, everyone's like, well, Taylor Swift is this. This was when she was transitioning from being like the like pop princess media darling to kind of being her own person and not just always worrying about her image. Mm-hmm. And they were very critical of her during this time. And she just didn't care. And so, yeah, that was Taylor Swift kind of and part of why she relates to Rebecca Harkness and this house. I just hope that she doesn't repeat too much history with this. Well, I mean, Taylor doesn't seem like she's you know, going to go around and have her last words be, what was it? Alan, you asshole. Yeah. Oh, I want those to be my last words. Who's Alan? I don't know. I want to leave a mystery behind me. <laughs> it's like, she doesn't seem like she's going to dye anybody's pets different colors without the it being a, she would never, a professional groomer. Taylor Swift um, would never dye someone's cat lime green. She's like, I, I, she would just like, I was going to, but then I started petting him and he's a good boy and I gave him back and I felt bad. <laughs> Like, and I feel like she would never get kicked off a cruise ship for causing an international incident. No. And I have a feeling she understands that when they're like vitamin shots to keep you awake, she's probably going to go, oh, that sounds like a bad idea. It's like, no, that, no, this is, this is methamphetamines. Why? No. Bad. Was it amphetamines or methamphetamines? It was amphetamines. Yeah. So are you ready for questions? Sure. All right. Will her vitamin shots be on the test? Yes, because they contributed to her death. 
Will the American flag they painted on Gigi Hadid's ass be on the test? No. Will Bobby poisoning her so he wouldn't have to keep having sex with her be on the test? God, I hope so. And will the fact that she didn't party her husband to death, he just stubborn white mailed himself to death be on the test? Uh, yeah, probably. And will my newly arisen suspicions about her song on folklore called Nobody No Crime be on the test? <laughs> because there's enough in this one and it's autobiographical enough that I wonder, did Taylor Swift kill someone and hide the body? Well, Justin Bieber is still alive, so... Has anyone, we... has anyone seen Kanye? Jeffree Star has. <laughs> I think that they have pretty flatly said that's not a thing. So yeah, that was my Taylor Swift special that only went on for an hour. Okay, so you didn't talk about the thing that surprised me then. What was the thing that surprised you? The Harkness Foundation. Oh, yes. There is a pretty large, it looks like, dance foundation named for Rebecca Harkness. Yeah, there, I, I read about it. There was, uh, she tried to will this foundation to people, but it turns out uh, she didn't understand her own finances and she couldn't. And she just had this large independent foundation that survived her death. It is a private grant-making foundation. Yep. Yeah, that, it came up, but it just wasn't in the song. And I already went on for an hour, so I didn't want to include everything. And she is interesting. Um, if you, You're probably not going to be able to find blue, bud, blue Bloods at your local library or online. I had to get it from a university library. But use this moment to tell people about Interlibrary Loan, yeah. because I'm in a lot of Facebook groups. People are wondering, where can I find these books inexpensively? And people don't seem to know Interlibrary Loan yeah. exists. So what you want to do is it's run differently at basically every library. But talk to a librarian and say, hey... You don't have this book. Do you have an interlibrary loan service? And they will tell you what you need to do if they offer it, if there's any stipulations, and they'll walk you through it. What interlibrary loan is, is if your library doesn't own a book, they can borrow it from a different library. There's an international network of libraries that loan books to each other so that they can get hold of like rare books, out of print books, or um, in some cases, like stuff that your library doesn't feel like it can have in its cat its collection without making the city council angry. So Our groceries are about to arrive. They are approaching with our order. So, yeah, that yeah, was my. I loved that. That was like, I love that you broke the song down like line by line. And I'm getting texts in that one. I didn't. I, oh, I got a missed call from a spam number. You broke it down line by line. And we are very much on the side of there's a difference between, you know, taking liberties and lying. And this is liberties. Yeah. You're telling a story. And if someone believes, like, at no point was she like, this is, this is her biography. Like, that's on them. Mm -hmm. This is an opportunity. Yeah. This is an opportunity to learn about this person. It's an opportunity to learn some history. It's an opportunity for Taylor Swift to send us money for our plumbing. I get, I had no idea the person in the song was real until I saw that documentary. It's like, well, yeah. now I have to learn more about this. Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't have thought that was real either. Does she actually ever say Rebecca or Betty at any uh, point yeah, in the song? At the, at the beginning. Rebecca... Like, I, know she, I know she talks about Betty in, yeah. like, she's got stuff that says Betty. What's the other name that shows up on her stuff? I don't know. Uh, there's uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm a bad fan. Edith. Edith. Yep. I think Edith is the other one. Edith is her daughter, who, Taylor. again, her kids are an entire other level of tragic. Uh, Rebecca August. Is, yeah. August is the other person she talks about. Yeah. So, yeah, just, yeah. In a library alone, it's fun. So where can people find us? Well, people can find us on Facebook. 
at facebook.com slash on the test pod on Instagram at on the test pod on Twitter, which is the easiest place to find us at on the test pod and our website on the test pod.com. Yep. And, you know, feel free to uh, write us a review, send us your feedback, just like, you know, give rate us, review us, subscribe, tell your friends about us. I'm getting a phone call from California. Is it Robert California? No, but it doesn't say it's spam. I don't trust it. Well, if it's important, I'll leave a voicemail message. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> Making me edit all of the way to the end. Thanks a lot. Well, I mean, people should know better than to call someone. Those monsters. All right. So people can find us. We are just on the test pod on all of the socials. And this week, guys, we have the inauguration coming up. Be safe. Stay out of your own city capitals if you can, because yeah. it's just better to be safe. And especially if you're in Kansas, because there's no reason to go to Topeka. No. Ever. All right. And I guess on that note. On that note, I believe our groceries are here. So, so class, class dismissed. dismissed.